all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. From inside the warehouse at Oreo Park at Camden Yards, it is the Mass and All Access podcast, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. Adley! Adley Rutschman. Please don't clap into the mic, Bob. Thank you so much. That wasn't into the mic. That was around the mic. It was close enough to the mic that it just popped in my ears. Didn't appreciate it. Really? You can hear stuff out of your headphones? That's weird. Can you not? I Going back and forth. We have only the best technology, only yeah. only the best stuff here yeah. in the Mass and Web Studio. Adley Rutschman, taken first overall by the Baltimore Orioles yesterday. The guy, there was a lot of hand wringing yesterday going into the day. Ooh, the the whole thing with JJ Bladay. Bladay. I call him JJ Bladay. The Bladay. And I was like, they're gonna draft a toilet with the first overall pick. Oh, the Bladay. And they ended up not doing that. No. Thank. Thank uh, Mike Elias. Thanks, Sig Mydell. Thank the Orioles' front office. They took the guy that they had on their number one on their board all along, that everybody had number one on their board all along, and Adley Rutschman, ladies and gentlemen, is the first overall pick. Well, let's first give a round of applause for Paul Mancano. Great all job right, on Mass and All Access. Just, 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 just fewer claps. Last night. You're just not please, the claps, huh? Let's do it, it was for you. The the Jeb Bush. Please clap. It was for you. <laughs> please clap. Uh, no, great job last night on All Access. Uh, it was uh, Thank you. tremendous content Snaps. with with uh, yes, Steve Molesky, obviously interview with Adley Rushman live. That was awesome, and we heard from Michael Lies. Paul, you did a phenomenal job. Thank you. Bobby, we you were, were pressing all the buttons. Thank you. There. Yeah, no. I mean, it's just pressing buttons. That's nothing, nothing too hard. Right, Cam? Right. All right. Um, intern Cam. Inter, intern Cam, my bad. So There we go. Intern it was Cam, a kind of a Brandon. stressful and nerve-wracking 24 hours because yeah. Sunday night, you text me like, who the heck is JJ Bleday? <laughs> like 11.30. Yeah, 11.30 night. We're like, oh, crap. So we're like Googling and reading up all this guy's like, how are they real? All these reports coming out. Like, well, the Orioles might not take Rushman. They might actually go with uh, yeah. JJ Bleday out of Vanderbilt. Also, shout out to Vanderbilt for getting back to me quickly with the photos. But um, <laughs> Huge. All oh, the, my gosh. All the work that will never see the light of day. Uh, all the graphics that intern Brendan, intern Cam, all the, the stats and all the, the notes that they dug up. That will never see the light of day. Right, right, and and it was, well, good thing that we did it, but also like, it got to a point yesterday afternoon where like, from a standpoint of us covering the team, yeah. and, and for me being an Orioles fan when I'm not at work, like I we really wanted Adley Rushman to begin with. Like, yeah, they got to yeah. take Adley Rushman, but then it got to a point yesterday. Where it was like, oh my god, please take Adley Rushman because we're way more prepared for him yeah. than anyone else in terms of also getting the player live for all access yep. and, and and getting in contact with his people and getting him on air with us. Uh, it was just like our show will go so much smoother if it's Adley Rushman. So please, for the love of God, take him. We badly wanted Adley, and we got him. And I will say, during the interview, I was watching, like, you know, I have my screen where I'm watching out of the corner of my eye, um, but I'm mostly looking into the camera, and I didn't notice that uh, the woman sitting next to him, I don't know if it's, it was his sister or whomever, we got quite a lot of comments about her seeming uninterested yep. in the interview, which, uh, you know, in her defense, 
she can't hear me. She can only hear Adley. Yeah. She can't, they, I don't think they could even see me. So they didn't know exactly what, you know, how much they were being seen and stuff. Right. Uh, but it was kind of funny because she looked very much uninterested. In also, it. in her defense, that's how we all look behind the cameras here at Mass and when you're talking. Whenever about I that. talk. Right. Exactly. Right. That's, so. that's kind of the general malaise that I see in people's eyes. Once I start talking, I can see it in intern Brendan's eyes. It's just like, boom, he's just out of it. He's, he is miles away thinking about Good something Good to else. know that you that didn't throw you off because you're used to it at this point. Oh, exactly. Right. exactly. I've got it. Look, I've had it all my life, let me just say. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was a, a whole lot of fun. Uh, the show ended up being a full hour. Huge thanks to Steve Molesky also for uh, hanging out with us, sprinting downstairs to go get Michael Elias on Utah Street, then sprinting back upstairs to get on our set while also writing for MassInSupports.com. I was a heck and of a And also night. just giving his immediate reactions. I mean, boom, 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 on the yeah. fly. Like, you were just like, hey, Steve, what do you think? And yeah. then he was just like, well, you know, Adley, great prospect. You know, he's fantastic at the plate and behind the plate. And, you know, he was prepared. He was ready to go. Yeah. Um, and I will pull you back even further behind the podcast curtain and just explain that, like, I had in my IFB, which is like a little thing you have in your ear, I could hear Adley like doing his whole interview with MLB Network. So at the same time I was hearing him answer, I was like trying to talk to Steve and I was like, <laughs> so Steve, tell me about what... Uh, been like three uh, conversations at once. Yeah, it was yeah. brutal. Um, so Steve, I, I'm pretty sure I'm, I asked Steve several questions that were not complete sentences. I was just like, sure, catcher, arm, how about yeah, it? How about, the, how about that catcher, huh? I mean, <laughs> uh, Oregon State, right? Yeah, wow. Yeah. Good um, stuff. Good. Hey, Tell you also, what, the guy looks good in orange and black. He does. I also said at one point that um, uh, Caden Grenier played for the de- for, for uh, Frederick. Fre- for no, Frederick. no, no. For uh, I said Aberdeen Ironbirds. Oh, the Ironbirds. I got my birds yeah, confused yeah. instead of the, the Delmarva Shorebirds. Shorebirds. And we were just there. We're two weeks just ago. there, Bobby. We were just, we're just there. there. Um, you can watch the whole show if you go back, um, rewatch all of the reaction. We have Elias. We have uh, Adley. We have fan reactions. We have everything that you might want. Uh, facebook.com slash Mass and Orioles. You can also watch us, this current podcast, if you're not already watching, facebook.com slash Mass and All Access. Please, please like and subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere that you can find podcasts, you can find us. We do appreciate the subscriptions, the likes, the, the five-star the ratings. Comments. Um, any kind of Any kind of love that you can yeah. sh- send our way. Yeah. Um, so going... Uh, let, let's let's break down that Adley pick because um, I would say this yesterday as a day for the Baltimore Orioles might be one of the most, I don't want to say one of the most impactful days of franchise history because it's been, you know, that, that that's kind of short-sighted. It's been a l- you know, long franchise history since 66. Yeah. Or, um, you know, since they won in 66. So, it, it, you know, a lot has happened. But I will say it's one of the most impactful days of the past decade, maybe, for the Baltimore Orioles franchise. Um, it's maybe the most impactful day since 2016, the AL wildcard game. Um, maybe the day they hired Michael Elias was a little bit more impactful, but maybe the day they traded Manny Machado was a little bit more impactful, but that we all knew that was coming. They weren't going to re-sign him anyway. I would say yesterday, drafting Adley Rutschman, we could look back on that day and say that was a huge, huge day in franchise history. Without question, it was a huge, huge day in franchise history. You you use the word impactful. I would put, if you're using that word, I would say this was more impactful than that wild card game in terms of this franchise history. Right. At that point, the Orioles had made the playoffs in 2016, three of the past four years. Right. 12, 14, oh no, I guess that's right. Sorry, three of the past six years. 12. Five years. 12. 
12, 14, 14 16. 16. Yeah. So it's not, and it was just a wild card game. So that's not as impactful as drafting number one overall and getting yeah. not only your catcher, but ideally your leader, your clubhouse guy, your face of your franchise for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Elias hiring, Brandon hiring, definitely very impactful. I would put that in that category. Um, but in terms of like, I, I, I thought of just, general excitement. I mean, I mean, this team, we know what this team is on the field over the past two years, last year and this year. We knew the expectations coming into this season weren't very high. Um, and, and we talked about in our preview show last week, Paul, about how this was the most important day on the calendar for the Orioles and, and how this was going to be impactful for this franchise yeah. and, and the future and for, for years to come. I, I just love the excitement that came for that day. Yeah. I don't think... Orioles fans have been this exciting. I don't remember a moment this exciting since probably game two of the ALDS, the Delman Young double yeah. in 2014. <laughs> I, I mean, people, I think, were excited for the wild card game. But again, this was the third time they made the playoffs over that however many, however many seasons. So it's like at that point, it was kind of the norm. Like they were expected to make the playoffs. Right. They were expected to be there. And um, But the, the Delman Young, I mean, that was just the most exciting moment I can yeah. remember in my Orioles fandom and definitely in my terms of covering the team yeah. um, here at Masson. Uh, but it was both impactful, like you said, and for me also just exciting. I mean, we saw watch parties across the city. There was one downstairs here at Dempsey's. I mean, Michael Elias was here. Uh, Jimmy Seafood held, held one as well. People were, we saw the reaction on social media. People were generally excited and, and, and pumped up for this pick. And you don't normally get that excitement for a Major League Baseball draft. And I feel like Baltimore is one of those few places, those few fan bases that can get that excited yeah. for the draft and for the number one pick in terms of uh, uh, more so than other cities because it's because the baseball draft is so weird and long and, and you don't know the prospects as well. For To see the excitement around the pick was pretty cool for me. Exactly. And I think when you take a guy that high that has – all the tools like that, and that has such a high projection, such a high ceiling. I mean, the sky is the limit. And I think it just allows fans to daydream at this point to, you know, the sky really could be the limit. When you have, it's so, so much easier to start a rebuild when you have a guy to build around. And it's not like you're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. This is a guy who can be here for 10 years that you can build your team around. Yeah. And you can see him potentially in the major leagues. Obviously, we, we still don't know, but, like, it's it, it, there's a better chance that we'll see him sooner than if they took a high schooler. So, like, they, we could see this kid in th- two, three years up in the major leagues and leading a team. Right. And, and I don't know, Paul, you, you voiced your concerns when we talked about Adley versus the field and, and specifically Adley versus Bobby Witt mm-hmm. Jr., you know, if you're drafting a high schooler, how how's a time frame going to match up in terms right. of this rebuild? And, and are you want to get this kid's prime yeah. during the best years of this rebuild or when this team turns it around and starts winning again? Um, but I think when it comes down to it, I mean, I'm, I'm not digging you, but I get that's just, to me, just overthinking a little too much. You know, right. I, you, this is the number one overall pick, the first time in 30 years, the, the second time in franchise history. Don't overthink it. Take the best player available. Take the best, the sure thing. It's one thing if you take Adley Rutschman, number one overall, the guy who was the consensus number one overall pick, the best player in the draft, and, okay, in 10, whatever, in his career, he just doesn't pan out. All right, at the time, you still did the right thing, though. That, that's fine. You can live yeah. with that. But if you take a gamble 
I'm not saying Bobby Wood Jr. is a gamble, but if you just kind of overthink it and like take a Wood Jr. Yeah. Or, or go to the J.J. Blade, something like that, and try to get cute with it yeah. and doesn't plan out, that's when it, people turn like, wow. I mean, they, they just try to they, – they out – they overthought it, and, yeah. and, and you you know you kind of got caught up in like trying to make the cute pick as opposed to just the sure thing. I'm not saying Ali Rushman is a sure thing, but he's as close as you're going to get in this yeah. draft. You know, even if he doesn't pan out right now, on, on on June 3rd, it was the right thing to do. And yeah, the phrase that I have I heard a lot of fans say is now don't get cute with it. You know, right? Because what they did, it, but you could look at the draft the first time that Michael Elias was in a front office where they had the number one overall pick uh, in 2012, I believe, when they took Carlos Correa first overall. And that is what you could define as getting cute with it yeah. because he was not seen as the number one overall prospect by most pundits. And they used the money that they saved. It was 2012. They used the money that they saved um, by, by drafting and signing Correa to use it later um, on Lance McCullers, I believe, later on, on on in that draft, and that turned out to work. So, you know, we I was going to trust Michael Elias regardless. Yeah. You know, whatever, and I think most fan most of the fans were on the same level. That being said, they were incredibly excited yeah. to see him, uh, to see Rutschman be the guy, because he definitely, according to scouts, we're, not, we're no scouts, but according to those, you know, he still had the highest upside, and the best chance to be an impactful major leaguer. I mean, when the fact when scouts talk about a guy, they're, they're, most years, I would say scouts talk about the guys who were number one, and they're like, there are a couple guys, you know, they have all this high upside, they could make it um, into the league by this point, maybe the fastest rise or whatever it may be. But when scouts are saying stuff like, maybe the best prospect since Bryce Harper, uh, you know, may, this guy is going to be a major leaguer and is going to have a good major league career. When they start speaking in certain terms, there's a lot of hyperbole in draft season. But when you hear people like Keith Law and Jim Callis say stuff in in certain terms, like this guy is going to be good, yeah. he's a sure thing, and yeah. he would his arm would have to fall off for him not to be a major leaguer for at least right. five six years. Like then, that's when you know, all right, this is this is the guy. Right, this is the guy. I mean, we heard uh, yesterday, uh, intern Brendan was doing some dig because remember also not just the JJ Blade thing showing up Sunday night, but then Monday morning, the MRI issues started popping up. People right. were tweeting about, oh my gosh, Ali Rushman's MRIs came back negative and, and or not negative, but like showed some concerns yeah. there. You know, do you draft a guy that high with some injury concerns? And intern and Brendan did some research and say, the quote I found was, they would literally have to chop his arm off yeah. for him not to yeah. be the number one overall pick, no matter what happens. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, when you start speaking in, in absolutes and, and certain certainty, just don't overthink. Just yeah. and it also keep in mind that, you know, let's call a spade a spade. The na- the Orioles could be very well in the same position next year, sure, and the year after, sure. So your first over your first number one overall pick, which is not a bad thing. That's no, what it's the not Astros had for three years. Exactly, now. and then that that you know, tanking whatever you want to call it, that's not necessarily a bad thing because then you have these opportunities, and Michael Elias is used to these opportunities. So that's you know. <laughs> when you have the, your first over, number one overall pick for only a second time in franchise history, first time in 30 years, don't get cute. When you have back-to-back, okay, maybe you can start trying to take some risks. Back-to-back-to-back, all right, yeah, maybe you can think yeah. more outside the box. Also, you know, it's, we're a year from now, we don't know for sure, but I'm, I'm pretty sure there's no clear-cut number one guy 
and 2020. We haven't heard of it yet. Right. There so might be. Obviously, there's a full year for someone to emerge. But Adley Rushman was going to be a was a top of the list last year. Yeah. And they knew coming. Everyone knew this was the guy for this draft. Kind of like the Bryce Harper for twenty yeah. for twenty ten. Steven Strasburg for twenty nine two thousand nine. Um, this was the year to go chalk. Right. And so you know you, you, if if the cards fall into place and you're looking at the number one pick in twenty twenty, all right, maybe you can. And there's no clear number one. That's when you can start. All right, let's de- dive deep in these guys and see who has. The most upside, maybe. We can maybe take a little yeah. bit of a risk on. Well, him being a college catcher, 21 years old, um, I, there were obviously the, the questions that we brought up before the draft was, would they go with a high school, a.k.a. Bobby Witt Jr., because they view their timeline as a longer-term t- uh, thing that, you know, they want to maximize whoever this guy's prime, whatever, wherever his prime is going to be, they want to maximize that time. So he's 21 years old now. Bobby, you just mentioned the Orioles might have number one pick next year and the year after that. That means, you know, who knows? We're just taking guesses here. Yeah. But when would he be in his prime? When would Adley Rutschman be in his prime? That's a great question to ask. And it's an uncertain question by any stretch. I'm sure that Mike Elias has somewhere in his office, a few floors below us, a map, a road map for the process and a road map for Adley Rutschman and his career and where it could take off. But when you look at a guy, a catcher in particular, what, you know, where is a guy's prime? I would say, and I think a lot of statistical models would say, it's probably going to land between ages 24 and 27. Okay. I think it's a little bit, you know, people would say like, oh, 27 is the, the ideal age. But I think we've started to, started to see that go back and back and back in the, the most recent years. So let's say he hits his prime at age 24. Let's say... Or, or let's say 25, because let's say he has a couple years in the minor leagues, comes up to the major leagues, takes a year or two to get ready, and then hits his prime at 25. That's still, what, four years away, so that would be 2023. That gives the Orioles plenty of time to, to draft well, to get talent around this kid um, before they make him the centerpiece of a team. Yeah. So in terms of overthinking it, Bobby, I, I would agree with you, you know, you, yes, you, you do sacrifice maybe some years with Bobby Witt Jr., but look, you go as this kid goes. Yeah. You grab the best player, and, you know, what if what if in, in not 2020, but what if in 2021, like, they're a surprise wildcard contender? Then go for it. If yeah. you, you know, and, and I, as to Michael Ice's credit, he has said since the day he got hired, this thing is not certain. So, like, you know, they're not going to, I don't think they're going to hold him back or hold back the team. If if we have a team that is led by Adley Rutschman and he is lighting the world on fire and the team is better than they expect it, go for it. Yeah. And I think and I trust Michael Ice to know when that time is going to come and to put these chips in the middle of the table when that comes. And when it happens, it might be overblown. Whether it's in five years, whether it's in two years, I trust him to know when the right time is to strike. Right. And and you look in recent history, teams have kind of followed that model as well like the Phillies and Braves last year were a little bit ahead of schedule so they kind of went all in so they went all, exactly a couple years ago the Yankees did the same thing and and all, all or they also knew hey the year that they traded off Chapman to the 2016 they traded Chapman to the the Cubs yeah they're like hey we got pieces ready to be contenders next year yeah let's just trade everything off now and then get everything back 
for twenty for twenty seventeen. Well, and look at the Padres, who you know people they, were they're like, ahead of schedule too. Yeah, people were like, oh, they're going to be they're still a few years away from contending. I don't know why they're signing Manny Machado at this point. They said no, Manny Machado is twenty six. That means we're going to get at least probably like at least three more years of his of good, very good baseball for Manny Machado. I think at least at least that's yeah. worst case scenario. At least exactly. So like they looked at that and they said, all right, so we're going to go in now because. You know, it, he is the kind of person that changes the entire trajectory right. of your franchise. Yeah, so yeah. Adley is the kind of person that changes. If you have a chance to get a franchise-changing talent, you build your timeline, you build your organization around him. I don't want to put any undue pressure on Adley Rutschman, but from what we've heard, he has the potential to be that guy. So you change, you you map your entire process and your entire timeline around him. So you're saying you're going to allow Adley to dictate in a sense, the timeline of this rebuild. Adley, probably, but I think the other thing is it's it's Adley and it's whoever you... So, say you get the number one pick next year and it's a, another college kid, like, and it's another, maybe not can't miss, but like another... Re- you you find the best pieces of your, of your entire franchise and you build your timeline around those guys. Yeah. So whether in a few years, whether it's Adley, what if what if one of what if Yosniel Diaz comes out of the you know the slump that he's been in and the injuries that he's had and turns out to be a superstar that you have. Yeah. Like these guys sometimes come out of nowhere, but you define like you mentioned the Phillies. Like no one expected Reese Hoskins to be a superstar when he hit the big leagues. He right. was just kind of brought up, and they said, "All right, he's twenty five years old. We better go for it now." Yeah. Look, yeah. you know, <laughs> let's let's sign Bryce Harper now yeah. because. Um, you never know how long you're go- these windows are going to be open. So if Adley Rutschman is the one to crack the window open, you follow Adley. If if it's somebody else to crack that window open, you do it and you 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 stick to that plan. And this is why it's so important. One, we talked about the importance of this pick to begin with, like because I mean, you, you say you didn't want to add added pressure to Adley, but that's just the pressure that comes with being the number one overall pick. Yeah, like, you are, and the- he can handle it. Right. No, no I'm not can. saying yeah. he can't. I'm just saying that's the pressure that comes with anybody. Yeah. Who, no, no matter who's the who that pick is, the pressure comes with it because that's the whole idea of being the number one overall pick is that you're a franchise-changing player. You're yeah. the guy that they're going to be the cornerstone of the whole franchise, the guy that everyone's going to look to to kind of lead this team out of you know these dark times in terms of you know not winning yeah. and, and get it back into a winning and, and contending streak. And then if, if he is... And like you said, you add more pieces around, mm. and I, I, I just, I don't, I don't want to see them. I don't know, we talk, everyone talks all the time, especially with with top prospects about rushing guys. Like, yeah. Okay, so he starts lighting up the minor leagues. That's great, but the big league team isn't doing. Don't bring him up just to bring him up, right? And, and show him off, or or hey, maybe he can turn the season around. Even though the rest of our roster, and, and I trust Michael Elias and company to be able to, to do know so, that, yeah. right? But. I don't know the way you're putting it, and I and I agree with you to an extent, but like it also sounds like all right, this guy could possibly speed up this, right? And that's a lot of pressure, but also you know you don't want to force it. True, you know what I'm saying? I agree. Like you know you you mentioned, you know, all right, say he's ready by 25. That's still years away, but in, in terms of his his uh, his prime, yeah, his prime years. Okay, but like. What if the team's not in their prime years? True. Or this rebuild's not in their prime years? I would just caution for, for rushing. And, and, you know, number one overall pick, again, that's the kind of expectations yeah. that are latched onto you. But at the same time, you don't want to risk everything that Michael Elias has built or starting to build on right now yeah. 
on just one guy and rushing rushing Rutschman. Well, I would I would argue that franchises in general have gone the other way because of yeah. service time. Now, uh, you know, I think it's one of those things where it's like, I think that naturally franchises, who knows how the CBA is going to do, you know, all this stuff is up for grabs in years, but franchises, as we have noticed, have gone the way of, a lot have gone the way of taking it slow with their top prospects because they want to maximize the years that they have these guys under contract. Right. So I think there are going to be forces pushing back against wanting to rush him. So, like, there are natural forces, like, not wanting to use up all of his service time that are going to be pushing back. And I think uh, the other one is Elias is not going to, as you mentioned, he's not going to try to rush things. I'm just saying when when he is ready and when it we will know when he is ready – they will know when he is ready to lead a team. Right. Then I I trust Elias um, to go all in. But it's I, it's not look baseball is not a one man sport. It's yeah. going to have to be. They're not just going to have to see. You know, like if if they are still a hundred loss team, but hey, they have Adley Rutschman. He's a superstar. Yeah, I I agree with you. Then then don't go all in. Then just you know it it has to be Rutschman plus whoever maybe whoever they take number one plus. Maybe it's Yusniel Diaz. Plus, maybe it's Austin Hayes. Plus, maybe it's Trey Mancini. You know, it has to be a group of young talent that you see, like it, like like with Houston. That's what I was going to say, and and I think it falls on Michael Elias and and his people, specifically Elias. That okay, you have to build a team around him to be prepared to accept him or be ready for him yeah. when he's ready. Right. You know, it's like okay, because again, if the team is not ready for him when yeah. he, all right, he's lighting up AAA. I mean, he is just the, by far the number one prospect in baseball, definitely in his organization. He's got to come up. Okay, but the team's still 20 games under 500 and in last place. Like, right. what, what, what's, the, what's the point? I think it falls on Michael Elias to build the rest of the team. That's great. You got the number one pick. Yeah. And the guy you wanted. That's great that you might get it next year and the guy you're going to want yeah. then. But the rest of the roster also has to be built out and, and for the long term. And we've talked about, you know, what do you do with Trey Mancini in the long term? What yeah. do you do with these other guys that are playing well right now but probably aren't long-term pieces? And how do you fill out this rotation with guys who are veterans but aren't going to stick around a long guys who you're not quite sold on just yeah. yet? Um, so, yeah, there's still a lot of work to be done. This is an exciting and eventful day, impactful day, like you said, for this franchise, but there's still a lot of work to be done. For, I mean, you know, everything – it's not a cure-all. Yeah. Oh, Adley, no, no. Rushman's not going to – take this team out of the rebuild and then back into contention yeah. by himself. Other factors have to come into place and <clears throat> the right decisions have to be made in order for that to come to fruition. Yeah. I might be jumping ahead of the gun here, but no, I, it's I'm just trying excited. to reflect that. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm excited too. And uh, yeah, I mean, especially just in baseball, you know, it's not a sure thing like in football or basketball yeah. where like you can get the number one overall, like Zion Williamson, you alluded to earlier. Yeah. He's going to be a franchise changing player and you can impact the team immediately. Yeah. And, and, be the guy that takes whoever takes him number yeah. one. Um, I forget who's the number one pick because it's Pelicans. Draft. Pelicans. All right. Well, they they also have AD with the whole situation, but you know he could be the guy that brings them back yeah. into contention. Well, that's uh, yeah. fine. Adley Rushman can't be that guy this year yeah. or next year or yeah. the year after. Well, and and the other <laughs> thing is, you know, Zion Williamson is going to be one of five. Adley Rutschman is going to be one of nine. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. it's just a different yeah. animal so, in terms of number one overall picks. Exactly. Again, great that you got him, but you know, let's yeah. not let's not have yeah. too many high expectations as of right now. Just Car yeah, Carlos Correa didn't 
single-handedly bring back the Astros. Right, it right. was Carlos Correa and also Jose look, Altuve. Also, you look at other top picks. Like even Bryce Harper was brought onto a team that was already good. Yeah, you know, you know, he didn't take them out of the dark. You know, they were already competing. Right. At, in 2012, that early in season, and Chris Bryant, that when he came in 2015, the yeah. Cubs were already pretty good. Yeah. You know, he was just their top prospect and ready to come. He didn't, you know, bring the Cubbies yeah. out and break the curse by himself. Yeah, and I think also part of it is like. Um, part of the reason that I'm kind of already putting this pressure on him, if if you will, is like that it's so awesome to hear that, you know, Michael Elias even mentioned like the the kind of leadership that he displays. Like it's not just his ability on the field. They view this guy potentially as a leader. Yeah. Like because yeah. he he can be a, a true leader on a team. But anyway, um, his you look at his stats. Unbelievable. Um, I just want to touch on some of them real quick because, you know, we hear all about the tools, but my goodness, he has put up unbelievable just stats this past monster. year. He slashed 411, mm-hmm. 575, 751. His slugging percentage was 751, Bobby. His slugging percentage is better than uh, everybody but Trey Mancini and... Uh, Renato Nunez. And Renato Nunez's OPS. Yeah. <laughs> not just their slugging percentage. He His slugging percentage is better than their on-base plus their slugging. Yeah. Everybody, Almost everybody on the team. Granted, it's college versus I know, major leagues. I know. But I know. Mind-boggling. We see some crazy numbers in college baseball. Like, guys can put up, like, if you're a stud, you can put up some crazy yeah. stats. Yeah. He also walked double the time City struck out. Yeah. It absolutely. That never right. happens. And uh, that shouldn't happen. He he increased his power a lot this year. He hit just nine homers last year, and this year he hit 17. Did it in 10 fewer games because they got knocked out earlier. Um, and he also had a lot, when, a lot of times when guys like change their swings and they try to they sacrifice contact for power. He didn't do that. He he struck out two fewer times than he did last year. Yeah. So his strikeout rate was just about the same as it was last year, even though he was hitting bombs at a higher rate. Yeah. Um. He he from everything that we've heard, is an outstanding defensive catcher. He's yep. got a pop time that's under two seconds, which is ideal. It's like middle of the road for an MLB catcher right now. Um, just just it, it, it for all of the reasons that we've heard, he seems like a can't-miss guy. Well, I like what you talked about. You mentioned the Michael Elias, you know, off the cuff mentioned his leadership and yeah. his personality, the type of person he is. He was like, you know, that was... I believe he said that was kind of the the tipping point. That was the yeah. one that led us to this point where he was like, you know what, this guy has the makeup of a all-star caliber player on the field, but also a all-star caliber leader in the clubhouse. Yeah. And so that's the kind of guy you want to build this rebuild around, yeah. a franchise around. And, you know, he was nicknamed Captain America by his teammates at Oregon State. There's that phenomenal picture of him, I guess, at the end of a college World Series or tournament, whatever game, but he's standing there in his catcher's gear, and all his teammates are behind him. And, like, you know, he there is no doubt he's the leader of that team, and they're all behind him and supporting him. That's the kind of face of the franchise you want for a rebuilding club. And you wonder if, you know, Michael Eyes has dealt with the first overall picks that haven't panned out. You know, um, they drafted Brady Aiken. I don't know if he's panned out, but they traded him. Um, and most notably, they drafted Mark Appel, who um, was, by all accounts, a bust, unfortunately. Um, so he's dealt with those kind of guys. And I think to see somebody, you know, maybe he's learned some things from those experiences. And maybe he's learned that it's not, you know, he, he's an analytics guy. He's a scouting guy as well. 
but so much of it goes into, you know, when you are the number one overall pick of a rebuilding team, you have to be able to handle adversity. You have to be able to handle pressure. Um, and clearly he saw that in Adley Rutschman. And that's, that is literally everything that we've heard about him um, from articles written about him to his teammates. We heard Blaine Knight and uh, Caden Grenier say he's an amazing teammate. Um, and they didn't even, you know, they didn't even see him last year in person. Mm-hmm. Um, this past year in person. So, um, you know, they are, he, he checks all the boxes. Man. Yeah. Again, an exciting time. Um, it was, it was really cool. Yeah. Also from our personal standpoint, to our own horns, the cover of the number one overall yeah. pick, like, you know, again, the baseball draft isn't anything that's like too, like, it's almost kind of boring cause it's so long, yeah. but the number one overall pick of a major four sports team draft is like, it's pretty exciting. Well, it, it hits a, like the peak is the number one overall pick and then two, and then it's just yeah. like a huge drop off. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like the NFL draft, like will keep you entertained for pretty much the whole first round. And like, Ooh, there are a couple of quarterbacks going at the end of the first round. And like, or even you know, into the second. Yeah. Um, you're, you're pretty much watching the whole night. Whereas like with, you know, the MLB draft, for they the most only, part, br- it's like, they only cover the first two rounds. Yeah. Like and even the base, the MLB network. <laughs> and most fans probably watch, Maybe the number one overall pick, and then maybe their team's pick. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Um, let's talk, though, about the other picks because they are um, – Michael Lass has excelled in getting guys in the competitive balance round. He's excelled in get, getting guys in the third and fourth round. Gunnar Henderson, shortstop out of uh, John T. Morgan Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, younger guy, 17 years old. He's six foot three, uh, a left-handed hitter. Um, he's apparently one of the best hitters in the draft. Um, there's There are – some talk that he's probably going to move over to third base as opposed to shortstop because he might be, you know, as he adds some weight and, um, you know, he moves okay side to side, but maybe not at a major league level for a shortstop. Uh-huh. Can you ask for a better first name from a shortstop than Gunner? Gunner. Nah. Maybe a catcher, Gunner? Gun down a runner? Well, shortstop, that's just a great also baseball name. Like, yeah. Oh, Gunner? Gunner Henderson. Yeah. Yeah. That's a strong name. And I kind of like that the A the, instead of the E. Yeah. Gunnar. Yeah. Gunner. It's also like a little more PC. <laughs> yeah, not not kidding. Fair, um, but yeah, I mean, you, you got puns. Yeah, you got a, a a prep shortstop with a really high ceiling, and you're in your second pick mm-hmm. of the night. Um, that's that's pretty impressive, and and like you said, you know, he's got great size too, six three, one ninety five already at seventeen years old. Like that's yeah, that's play, pretty impressive. Play basketball, yeah, and and, and shortstop. That's the kind of body type you want at yeah. that position. Um, yeah, I was impressed that uh, you got a prep league guy that yeah. with that much upside. And that's kind of a guy that you can p- kind of piece into the rebuild where, you know, that's more of a long-term, you know, because, like, yeah. again, prep league star, he like that's, like, the kind of risk you would be taking if you were getting Bobby Wood Jr. Yeah. And where he's more for a long-term piece and see how he pans out. Uh, according to intern Brendan and intern Cam, I don't know who wrote this one, but pretty dirty at basketball is his dirty? exact quote. He's filthy? What a what a college word to, to say. <laughs> pretty dirty. Yeah, he's pretty filthy. I don't know. I still say that. Do you still say that? Yeah. Yeah, I do, too. I, I feel dirty. cool when I say that. Yeah. Like, that kid's filthy. Like when I, or, or when I see, like, a filthy play. Oh, yeah. Like, that, oh, that play was filthy. Or, or a certain pitch, like, Straight. Yes. Hill. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So don't go. I know, but it's joining on Brendan and pretty for dirty that. at basketball <laughs> is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. He is apparently he averaged what seventeen points and eleven rebounds per game. Uh huh. Um, so you know, uh, if we ever, uh, well, we've there seen are some, some basketball courts near the uh, practice facility in Sarasota. Well, right. I was going to say, you know, we've seen some of those spring training videos of like 
the teams like doing yeah. like a horse tournament or like one on one tournament outside back after like workouts. So uh, watch out. Yeah, those. and also I will say uh, for all the praising that we've done of um, of Adley Rutschman on this podcast, the 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 story about him chasing down. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, he was a kicker at yeah. his first year at Oregon yeah. State, and like he chased down, chased down, uh, kicked, booted the ball to then Stanford running back Christian McCaffrey and tackled yeah. him. All right, I will say, and Steve Molesky agreed with me. Uh, they kind of they made it seem a little bit better than it was. Like right. they, it kind of sounded like he was in the open field, he was down the sideline, and like you see Adley coming out of you know the, the this kicker coming out of nowhere, yeah, just yeah. levels him. Uh, it was kind of like a gang tackle in the middle of the field. Well, I was made to believe that it was like on the sideline. Yeah, like, that's what I that thought. Adley like chased him down yeah. to the sideline and, and and also made to believe that he not only pushed him out, but like brought him yeah. down. And it was like one of those like, touchdown was, saving tackles. Right, yeah. Had. yeah, yeah like exactly. last man to beat. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He was like the last man. And, and it wasn't. No, he was just, Adley was like maybe like the third or fourth man down the field. He was just yeah. faster than everybody. Yeah. And just kind of, Christian McCaffrey just kind of ran into the... The mosh pit. Yeah. yeah. And he, then and McCaffrey. No, wasn't granted, going he made the tackle, and, and yeah. McCaffrey's an also obviously a Pro Bowl caliber player with the Panthers right <laughs> yeah. now and a Heisman Trophy finalist back then in college. But I mean, he ran right into him. Yeah. Exactly. So, no offense to Adley, but still, I, mean, I was made to believe that he made it's this. It's not Adley's fault. Right. It's and he was also a freshman, so I was like, I'm made to believe he made this spectacular. I think his high school kick of however many yards that was is Have more you impressive. Have you seen the video of that? Yeah, I did. That's and, pretty awesome. I mean, 63, I think. Insane. Yeah. Like, what? I, I don't. I don't know if how the high school operates. They're definitely from, wider, but I mean, it's right. not. That's not the point. He, the distance he, yeah, is the yeah, point. Like yeah. I'd be impressed if he made the distance and missed yeah. the kick. The fact that he also made it is. Yeah. he got got it there. That's impressive. It's also kind of funny because when you see guys that are like multi-sport athletes, it's like usually something to do with their arm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a, a quarterback or you know, or yeah. like speed, like a wide receiver. But a kicker is just so random because right. it's like, how does your leg translate it all to? your talents on the baseball field. Right, yeah, like he sense. can throw a football like 70 miles per hour. It's like, well, yeah, he's a catcher. Or he threw it like 50 yards. Well, yeah, he's he's a co- D1 college athlete. They, they probably all can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, Bobby, um, the draft is continuing as we speak. Uh, you can head to MastinSports.com to get all the coverage you need because, frankly, we don't know these names. At Mass and Steve does. Give Steve Molesky a follow. Steve, Steve Molesky is magical. I don't know, how, don't know how he remembers all these kids, but he does. Um, and then he follows them throughout their, their minor league career, and so he's the guy to follow for that. Uh, Rockabaco is chiming in un- unhelpfully as well, throwing in some <laughs> random facts about these guys. And he's down in Texas trying to cover the Migley Club. Yeah, yeah, as exactly. they start their series against the Rangers. So um, he's leaving the draft for Steve. You can follow me at Paul Mancano. You can follow Bobby at Bobby underscore Blanco. Listen to the podcast on uh, Apple Podcast, Google Pod. No, what? Google, Apple Podcast, Google, Google Play, Play, Spotify, Spotify SoundCloud, SoundCloud, Cloud Sound, yep. Bookface, Bookface. All Face- access, Masson. Facebook.com slash Masson All Access. Yeah. Uh, give us a like, give us a follow, give us all that good stuff and a subscription. So, uh, Adley Rutschman is an Oriole. He's a member of the Orioles organization. The second that he signs that contract, they don't ampis- anticipate any drama. So, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Yeah. Great, great day for the Orioles yesterday. We'll see you later.